Thank you for joining us for our Tuesday night Bible study. We know you'll be blessed by the Word as you open it up and dig deep inside. Remember that these podcasts are brought to you by our faithful partners. If you would like to become a partner for $25 a month or more to continue our outreach around the world and in our local community, go to freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the teaching. Are we ready? We've been looking. We looked at Matthew 13. Yeah, I know last time I was confused. I was telling you Luke, and it was Matthew. And so we'll pick up with it. I'm just going to do a quick review to bring us where we need to be tonight so we can cover some ground. And uh, in case you missed or just to refresh our memories where we were, we've been been talking about the kingdom of God, and I started moving over into how to seek the kingdom. We started dealing with the kingdom, but then it's how to seek the kingdom. To then what I'm working my way into is I want to spend a week on the addition of the kingdom. So we won't do that tonight. That'll be next week. Uh, because uh, I want you to understand when we look in Matthew 6 when it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things are added unto you. All these things are added. We, we just skip over that. We just skip over it because it doesn't, it doesn't work good into a lot of church theology. And remember, if you remember when we were here a few weeks ago, I said we talk a lot about and we focus a lot on praying for things. It's things. It sounded funny. It's, we're praying for things, stuff, right? How many of you know that when we pray, a lot of times it's of God meet this need, God do this. But we have to understand the message of the kingdom says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things. Uh, in other words, uh, they're, they're going to be added to you. They just come as a package deal. Watch this. Sometimes we wonder how we're ever going to step into the blessed life, the abundant life of God, meaning I'm not talking about just things. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord that's our strength, the peace of God that would reign over our life so that we can see the real abundance of God in our life seeking the kingdom first. He says then all the other stuff that we often spend most of our time praying for, it just gets added to you. Just think about that. The stuff that we spend most of our time praying about comes as a bonus in essence. When you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. Woo! Hallelujah. That's good. Notice what I said. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, we've got to lay down sin. The old man. Oh, I know that ain't popular. Means there has to be change. He, he says, I'll give you everything that you're asking for. It comes as a bonus. Listen to what the word says. He says it in his word, Matthew 6. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We're going to get more into that, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm just giving you a little preview where we're getting to when we focus on the addition of the kingdom. My God, the overflow. 
I want to see you in overflow. I want you to have an overflow of joy, an overflow of peace, an overflow in your family. I want you to be overflowed in blessings, abundance, whatever it is. I want you to just operate in overflow in your life more than enough. Amen. I just want to see that for this church. I want to see that for every family and individual that's represented. Just an overflow where, where the joy of the Lord just is all over you. The peace of God is, is falling all over you, you know, wherever you go. And that you're just seeing the bonuses. The stuff that you used to spend all your time praying about, God said, no, that's just a bonus here. Because you're seeking his kingdom, because you've learned how, and his righteousness. Hallelujah. So we said a few weeks ago, I've got to be careful because I'll start preaching and we won't get where we need to go. We, we said a few weeks ago that Jesus only preached one message and he introduced that message in Matthew 4. Matthew 4, verse 17, when he said, from that time, Jesus both began to preach and say, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He preached one message and it was about the kingdom of God. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we kind of picked up and we started looking at Matthew 13 was our focus. I kept saying Luke 13, but it was Matthew 13. And that's when the disciples were asking him. I'm not going to reread all of that text. We'll get to some some the fresh part of it in a moment, but... For the sake of time and review, the disciples had asked him, why, why do you speak in these parables? Because they didn't understand, right? And remember, he answered, he said, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Remember when we covered that? But not to them. Remember, he was referring to the multitude. In other words, remember, we talked about how there are secrets of the kingdom that are for you, not for the multitudes. All right. And he goes on then in, in that same chapter of chapter 13 and verse 12. He says, whoever, will, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. An abundance of what? Of the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. All right. Do y'all remember this? Okay. All right. So that's where we, we, we focused a lot of our time. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. And... Um, We looked over verse 16. I don't want to review it all for you. Um, we, we started wrapping up, though, with verse 18 of that same chapter, Matthew 13. So if you have your Bibles and you're there with us tonight, uh, Matthew 13, verse 18, we, we started wrapping up where it said, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. He says in verse 19, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one. Remember, we said Satan himself comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is the seed is sown along the path. Remember, so we, we, we right near the end, then we wrapped up because then we got into some discussion time. But right near the end, we got to the point where we said Satan himself comes to snatch away even the little things that you and I begin to understand. Oh, hallelujah. That's why we got to be careful even after we hear the word of the Lord, especially the word on the kingdom, because it says Satan himself comes to snatch away what you and what revelation you and I have received. All right. So he, he's using the parable that we that we laid out there the last time we met about the sower who sows the seed to teach about the message of the kingdom. And that's why we wanted to take some time uh, to, to pick up with that tonight. And um go a little bit further in it we we 
covered, I believe, because I didn't mark mine whenever we stopped. But I believe we wrapped up right about there. Um, does anyone know if I covered uh, verse 19 about understanding the truth I stand under? Did we get that far? No? Oh, hallelujah. All right. So we're going to be aware that Satan comes to snatch what we're going to receive tonight. Right? We're going to be aware. Be on notice. Be on guard. Seal your mind. Seal your heart. When we're done tonight, when we pray, we're just going to seal it. He ain't going to come snatch our revelation tonight because it's going to, we're going to be changed forevermore in our walk with God. Hallelujah. So we're staying in Matthew 13, looking at verse, uh, what did I say? Verse 19. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, uh, the evil one, Satan himself, comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. Hallelujah. So, so he, he's using this, talking about the, the kingdom of God. The only thing that you and I need to be focused on spreading is the message about the kingdom. All right? We focus on a lot. Church preaches a whole lot of stuff, but we need to be focused on now more than ever. In the end times that we are in, we need to be focusing on the message of the kingdom. That's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom. We, we get caught up in seeking a lot of other stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time preaching a lot of stuff. But he said uh, he wants you and I to seek first the kingdom. Seek it so we can spread it. Right? He, he wants you and I to seek it and understand it so we can help others to understand it. Hallelujah. What did I say Sunday? Uh, there's a lot of people sitting in church that are not going to church. Remember the difference between a cup and a saucer? They're just catching the overflow. God, but I want them to be a cup on their own. Right. And so we, we, we want to get the revelation of the kingdom. And then every time we teach, every time we preach, we're just throwing seed. Right. Everywhere we go, we're just throwing seed things about the kingdom of God. Right. So he says that you and I need to be able to have the ability to understand it. Right. When it says when anyone hears the message of the kingdom and does not understand it. And so we have to understand it. What what understand really means is that the word understand in, in the original text actually means the truth I stand under. The truth I stand under. So the reason it's important for you and I to understand the word of God. That's why sometimes I, I don't like to use other translations because I'm leery of a lot of them. Uh, especially a lot of the new ones are so far off from the truth. It's disgusting. But uh, so I'm careful about what I'll use. But it's imperative that you and I understand the word of God, and especially the message of, of, of the kingdom. Because he, he says if you don't understand it, then you don't have any truth to stand under. All right. Uh, think about what we're lacking in our society right now as a nation, but, but more specifically, the church of Jesus Christ in our country. We're lacking understanding. We're lacking truth. All right. But beyond that, even people are warming chairs and they don't even have an understanding. And the reason why so many get led astray is because they don't have an understanding of what the truth is. All right. And so we have to have a truth that we can stand under. When I, when I understand the truth of the word of God, it serves as sort of an umbrella. It covers me, right? It, it protects me. It overshadows me. And so the, the, the devil doesn't really care about anything else, but he cares about the kingdom message. This is what I'm telling you is true. Uh, ever since I started this series, I've been under a slightly different attack than normal in my own life. I'm telling you, I could go row by row, list by list of all the things that have been happening. 
but it, it happens because the devil doesn't really care about most of the other things that we preach. Notice of what Jesus said about the message of the kingdom. He, he doesn't want you and I understand it. And what we do understand, he'll try to come and, 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 and take it. He, but the enemy does care about the message of the kingdom. He isn't concerned even if we come to church. I, I've said for years the enemy comes to church and sits beside some people. You know? Yeah. Their ugliness that they were fighting and yelling, cussing in the car, walked right in with them. I've seen it so many times. I, I was pastoring in a church in Bridgeport, West Virginia, alongside others. And I'm telling you, the, the guy on the drums and the lady on the organ, husband and wife. And I mean, we had a whole platform of people up there. But they would fight, yell, scream at one another the whole way to church. Because if you drove behind them, you could watch their hands. And I mean, then they'd get up and, you know, it was like the Holy Ghost fell or whatever. But that yuck came right in with them. And it would take half the song service of going through worship just to clear the atmosphere of the ugliness that walked in with them. So I'm telling you, the devil comes to church too. And he's not concerned with most of the garbage that we preach and teach. But he is concerned with the message of the kingdom. Because the message of the kingdom is how you receive and all these things will be added unto you. If the enemy can keep you and I defeated and depleted, right? Uh, 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 or the other way I like to put it, if the enemy can keep you and I polluted and diluted, and most of the time, let, let, if we could just be honest with ourselves, most of our life is filled with things that pollute us and dilute our strength to where I'm not at my spiritual sharpness, accuracy, right? Uh, 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 there, there are times where I know I'm more sharper in prayer than I am at others. I'm just going to be honest. There's times I can sense something by the Spirit of God, and I'll go to prayer, and I'm like, I can feel that arrow hit. And I'm like, got you, devil. And then there's times I'm praying, and I'm sort of like, right? I'm not as accurate. There, something has diluted or polluted. Doesn't mean sin. Sometimes we just get overwhelmed. I had a meeting with Lois today, and I said, Lois, I'm, I got, there's fear about this situation, right? A fear came up on me. I'm just, I'm trying to be honest enough to tell you that I get like that too sometimes. And if you're not careful, it'll dilute and pollute your walk, which is what the enemy wants. He's saying, if I can dilute and pollute you and keep you so preoccupied with stuff, with things that you don't have, that you think that you need, and he keeps you and I praying, God, I need this, and God, I need $20 so I don't holler, and, and God, I need this, and God, I need that, then, then guess what? You're not in a position to receive the kingdom. Right. And so that's what the enemy tries to do. He, he tries to get me upset when my car breaks down or when I got it hung up during the snowstorm and I couldn't get, a, get out of the driveway. I was getting so fired mad because I had somewhere I had to be. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Thank God Rick was going with me. And he heard me yelling, help, Rick, help. My car was sliding sideways down through my yard. And he heard me yelling, listen, what I'm saying, he'll use something dumb like that. When I was had a place that I needed to be and have the very mind of God where I was going so I didn't make a dumb decision in a broke down moment because that's how I, where I was heading to, to had to make a decision and the enemy that wanted to use that to keep me focused so I would misuse kingdom finances watch this and, and misappropriate what God, God intended to bless he'll use circumstances to get you and I wrapped up and so we have to be aware of that and make sure that we understand the word 
because it's the truth that I stand under. Recognize the enemy. The enemy will always try to come in after church. He'll always try to come in after we, 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 we receive some uh, Holy Ghost encounter. You had a good time of worship or you had a good day or whatever. The enemy always tries to come in to, to shift the truth that you're standing up under. In essence, to knock the foundation out from underneath of you. All right? I hope that it's clear. So, but, so the Bible says that if you begin to understand it, that the, the enemy himself leaves hell. Remember, I stressed that last week. He don't send a, a, a demon. The Bible says he himself comes. You know how dangerous the message of the kingdom is if the devil himself is coming to get the truth that you are, you are understanding. You, you know it must be valuable. This is why I know that this is a message that God wants you and I to teach in this hour. The message of the kingdom. I did teaching before on prayer. On kingdom prayer. And I show people in the word that, that, that Jesus cannot return, the Bible says, until the message of the kingdom is preached. So, so who, is, who is keeping Jesus from returning? The churches. Think about that. He, the, the Bible says he, he cannot return until the message of the kingdom is preached. Not, 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 he don't care that we're preaching prosperity. He says, I can't come. He says, I, I don't care that you're preaching faith. I still can't come. He says, until the body of Christ preaches the message of the kingdom, you and I are holding, depending on when he's coming back for the church. Think about that. If, you, if it comes down to the preachers would start preaching what Jesus has commanded us to, he's saying, he, it, it's as if he's sitting on the edge of the throne saying, I want to come back. I want to go get my church. I want to go get my people, but I'm waiting on the shepherds to hear my voice and to do what I've called them to do. Oh, hallelujah. That gets me excited and lets me know that you and I can, are able to move the hand of God, which is what prayer is anyway. We, we move God when we pray. But, but more than that, we, we, we are what is holding up the coming of Christ, the people of God, because we ain't preaching right. Hallelujah. That's true. Anyway, let's move on. The devil who's not omnipresent who can't be more than one place, one place at a time, comes to take your truth, your understanding. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to just grab a hold of that to realize it, it must be valuable then. It, it must, it, it must be going to change your, your life if the enemy himself wants to come to take it. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. So in other words, what Jesus is telling them, hey, the devil's going to be wherever, wherever people are being taught a certain message. So don't think it's strange when the enemy starts messing with you, right? You've you got to understand, it, 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 Jesus is saying, hey, if you're being taught the kingdom, the, the enemy's going to come knock. He's, he's going to come to try to disrupt your truth that you're standing up under, all right? So the Bible says the devil came to snatch the message of the kingdom from you because he wants you and I to walk away confused. I left off, I remember saying that to you. He, he wants you and I to walk away confused, Confused about meaning that we, we, we believe the promises of God, but we're not seeing them in our life. You've heard me saying that a lot recently. We're, we're believing one thing, but we're seeing something else in our life. How are we going to get the two to line up the message of the kingdom? He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Our life will start looking like the word of God because of the message of the kingdom. Hallelujah. That means I'm fixing to be walking in healing. It means we're fixing to be able to start walking in the things that you've been praying for. He says, if you'll seek the kingdom, 
all of those things are going to be added to you. It's, in other words, like a bonus, all right, in a manner. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord, to receive your kingdom, the revelation of the kingdom. That's why it's imperative. This is why I, I think when we left off the last time, I told you I wanted you to make sure you read through Matthew 13 and read it, maybe read it more than once so that you, you can get the revelation because the moment you and I begin to understand the kingdom, the enemy loses control over your life. He can't mess with our minds. Cynthia's been working on typing up um, uh, some partner teachings that's going out to our partners on, on, on the, the mind so that you and I can have the mind of Christ. How I many you know uh, we often get discouraged, depleted, polluted, and diluted because we're thinking different than what we actually say we believe. So she's been working, taking some of my, the teachings that I have, putting them in teaching, another teaching form to send to all of our partners, and then I'm doing special podcasts and stuff for them so that we can get our minds right with God, right, and, and live a victorious life. And so she's been doing that so that we, so the enemy can lose control over our life. What's at the root of those teachings is the kingdom of God. Having a mind that, 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 that is lined up with the kingdom. That I'm going to think like God wants me to think. Which is going to help me to act like God wants me to act. Behave like he wants me to behave. Amen. Have faith like he says I should have. Amen. Believe like he says I should have. Hallelujah. So he wants us to understand the kingdom. So let's uh, look at Matthew 13 and 18. I'm just going to read through a couple of these verses so we can lay this out for us tonight to go a little bit further. Matthew 13, we're going to read starting at 18, go through, uh, I don't know, 23. I just want to read it all together so we can move on. Because I left off and I told you there were four types of people in every group. So we're going to identify, Lord, which one are we? So Matthew 13, verse 18, it says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. All right, that's going to be one type of person, but we'll come back to it. But since they have no root... They last only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and make it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Oh, hallelujah. So four types of people, I'm going to show them to you. Four, the first kind of person is rocky people. Rocky people. And I'll tell you what the kind of people they are based on what we just read. Rocky people. Means they can sit in church and they could even while I'm sitting here teaching and die while I'm teaching and it falls on rock and they didn't understand anything Mean, meaning what, what, what I can be sitting here teaching and even as I'm teaching it's dying because it's just they're not understanding anything they're not receiving anything meaning they come to church they don't really come to church to receive anything they just I came sort of out of routine 
There's a lot of people that do that. People kind of show up on Sunday. That's why I said Sunday. There's some people who don't have a relationship with God. They have a relationship with Sunday. Uh, it irritates me. But then when crisis comes, they, they, they need to be there now. Right? They want God there now. How come I can't get a hold of a preacher? They'll get mad. But the truth of the matter is you, you didn't want God. You just want Sunday. There, there is a great difference. All right? Rocky people. Rocky people. The, the, the kind of people that will get, will, will just get, uh, sometimes I'm guilty. I'll, I'll get just, I, I've noticed it's, I used to get so drowsy in church. Anybody else? And it's like, like the enemy will use it. I, when I used to have to be on certain medications, they would just make me drowsy. I remember Sister Norma, she couldn't help it on her cancer meds. She would just, she would be on the platform singing with us, leading worship, and then hit the front chair and her poor meds just knocked her out. And the enemy would use it so she couldn't receive anything. In a time when she needed to receive everything, right? And so I just started praying over her. And I remember I, I said, Lord, I thank you she's not a rocky person. I thank you that she's not going to get so sleepy she can't hear and receive what word you want her to receive. Because that's what happens. The, the, the enemy is trying to cause you to be a rocky person where you're not in a position to receive anything, right? Because if you can't hear it, you can't receive it. So sometimes you, we just got to tell the devil, not today, devil, I'm going to get this, Right? There's been times in church, I, I've just got to shake it off. Not today, devil. I'm going to get what's mine. I, I, I'm going to get what God has for me. So rocky people, they'll sit there, and, 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 but they're not receiving anything. Number two, shallow people. Shallow people. What are shallow people? It means the soil was thin. Uh, let me try to, I'll be nice in saying this. I have nothing wrong with shouting, running, clapping, all that. It's great. Love it. However, I do have a problem when people do it. They're, they're, they, they shout, they run, they run around, and it's all feeling. All right? They're shallow. That, that shout, they, they don't have any more, they don't have victory on Wednesday morning like they had apparently Sunday morning. All right? That, that shout should sustain us. Amen? If I have the ability to shout and declare victory in here and to run the laps around this place in the Holy Ghost, right? That, that I have to be deeper and to be able to bring myself through whatever adversity I, I'm enduring. So we, we don't want to be shallow to the point that our soil's thin, meaning that, that there's nothing to take, there's no room for anything to take root. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, shallow people. The third person that it's talking about in the text is choked people. <laughs> choked people. Meaning we can say amen to everything that, I, I, that we say and then we just go out and forget everything we heard. Because we get choked up of the cares of the world. In other words, they, they, they can shout amen in here, but they go out there and they don't obey. Ooh. Oh, listen to what I just spoke. That's important right there. Be careful. We can shout amen in here. We can elbow our spouse in here. Mm, see, he's talking to you. But then we leave and don't obey the word of God. I mean, we got to watch how we're living. Oh, hallelujah. It got quiet. Don't get mad at me now. <laughs> we got to watch how we're living. Because otherwise, this is how the enemy uses to choke out what you did receive. Right? We like to think somehow it's a, it's a method of control. Listen, 
I, I want you to understand we don't serve a God that's trying to control you and I like puppets. We serve a God. He gives you and I free will. What he wants you and I to do is make a choice. That I'm going to obey you, God, because of what you've done for me. And out of our obedience, listen to what he says when we say in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that I'll be in right standing with God. That's what that means, that I'll be in right standing with you. And then all these other things. God says, if you'll choose to be in right standing with me, obey me, I'll add all these other things to you. That's like a bonus package. You understand? It's like, that's like when you and I get a job, but there's no benefits. God's saying, oh, no, if you'll just listen to me, obey me, come, look, seek my kingdom and righteousness to be in right standing with me, all this other stuff, it's just a bonus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's, so we want to live for him so that what we do receive doesn't get choked out. Do you know how many times... Probably if I got up Sunday morning, this coming Sunday, and I said, what did I preach last week? A lot of people couldn't remember. Not because they're bad people. The enemy choked it out. It escaped our memory from one week to the next because of everything else, the cares of the world, right? I'm not saying we're bad or any of those things. I'm just saying all these other things, the cares of this world, the problems we're facing, the enemy comes to, to just choke out that revelation to keep you and I from receiving the fullness of the word of God. Hallelujah. But I've been saying all week, I'm a ditch digger. Mm-hmm. I'm digging a ditch. Hallelujah. We're, we're digging some ditches tomorrow around here. Hallelujah. I've got mom on some assignments. She's digging some ditches for this place. Glory to God. I'm believing God. I was thinking the day I was coming back from the dentist and I was just worshiping the Lord with some of the old school stuff that I had playing on my on my. Uh, whatever that thing is on my phone. And, and I was just worshiping the Lord. And the, instantly the Lord reminded me how many times, Lois, in the last 13 years of this church, remember when we used to call just spontaneous revivals? I mean, we'd be in intercessory prayer on a Tuesday morning and the power and glory of God would fall and the intercessors would be in prayer for three and a half hours. And finally, I'm just like, okay, God, I, I, I hear. So we'd call, we'd send out an email. There's revival tonight, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, whatever. And, I mean, they'd come. Church knew that if I called revival like that, they, they, they better show up because God's about to do something. And that happened, I can't tell you, 10, 12 times in a matter of just a few years. And it would go sometimes a night, two, three, sometimes long. It would just vary depending on what God was doing, how he was moving. Because I've never been one to schedule a revival and tell God, you're going to move here. I just wait and see what he says usually. And as I was worshiping the Lord, I was thinking about that. It was a, uh, it was a time where God wasn't choking out or the enemy wasn't choking out what God was doing. People were hungry and, and desperate, right? That's why I, I, I can't force feed people. I, I can preach them on, to preach on Sunday morning, but they have to make a choice when they leave Sunday morning. I'm not going to let this word be choked from me. I'm not going to let the enemy take it. I'm not going to let him let me forget what being a ditch digger is or, 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 or the message the week before that or the message before that. If you've noticed, God has been threading them all together just just wonderfully in, in a way that would bless you and I and help you and I. But we have to make a choice. I'm not going to let the enemy choke this from me. I'm not going to let him take it from me. And that's the third kind of person. And I think there's a lot of people that fall in that category in our churches, a lot of them. Because the enemy distracts us with other things that chokes the word right out. 
makes me doubt, makes me operate in disbelief, makes me think he'll never do it for me, makes me think, oh, he healed them, but he won't heal me. Why? If I start seeking the kingdom, I'll find the answer to why. Mm. The fourth person. It's the person of good soil. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, make us good soil. What, what's good soil? A, a person of good soil is thick soil. Thick soil that, that's waiting for the seed to fall in. Meaning that if you have thick soil, it's waiting for the seed to fall in. That, that whenever, when the word hits them, when their word hits you, if you're, if you're a person with good soil, when the word hits you, that seed germinates right away. Hallelujah. Means, it means you begin to grow right away. And, and then when you leave church, you bear fruit. And fruit, as the Bible says, that remains. Fruit that remains means it's not just a quick thrill in church. Right? It means I, I don't just get a, a, a quick uh, uh, unction or, or, or sensation of the Holy Ghost in church, but that when I leave here, the fruit remains. I'm going to bear it. It's going to continue on. Hallelujah. I'm going to be such thick soil. How do we be thick soil? We're thick soil by immersing ourselves in the word, by seeking his kingdom so that when word comes forth, whether it's on Sunday morning or Tuesday night or it's whatever, something you watched on Cornerstone, whatever, that when that word hits you, it germinates immediately. It means we're going to be fruit. And the evidence is that we understand the kingdom. All right. Hallelujah. I'm going to understand the kingdom one way or the other. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord. I I, I challenge you. Be honest with yourself and identify who are you. Are you rocky? Are you shallow? Are you choked? Are you good soil? Be honest and, and just... We just need to lay that before God. God, I, I think I'm choked. God, God I think I'm, I, I might be shallow. You know, God, I'm rocky. Maybe sometimes, God, I'm good, but, you know, other times I'm a little rocky. You know, and, and God help us. He says, how are you going to help us seek the kingdom? Hallelujah. Now. wanted to lay that out so we can continue on with Matthew 6:33. What I've been quoting all night long, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah. Huh? Matthew 6:33. I want you to understand something tonight. The key to getting God's priority right is understanding the kingdom. God's priority is Matthew 6, 33. Matthew, God's priority for you and I is Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33 lets me know I don't have to wonder what, what is the most important thing to God. I ain't got to wonder. He says, Adam, I want you to seek first the kingdom and my righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. That's his priority. This church is going to make seeking the kingdom a priority. All right? 
every every decision I make, sometimes I'm slow to make them because it has to come down to the kingdom. If it will not make a kingdom difference, no. That's why we don't do a lot of fundraisers and stuff like that. Unless God speaks, it has to make a kingdom difference, right? I, I don't want to do a buckwheat supper if it ain't going to make a kingdom difference, right? It's great churches. All churches do all kinds of different things. That's why there's so many different. But everything we do should come back to it needs to be a part of the kingdom be connected to it somehow be connected to our vision that's why our church does so much outreach hallelujah because i believe it's what the kingdom wants us to do to demonstrate the love of god to people all right god's priority is matthew 6 33 matthew 6 33 now if we back up and and we're, we're going to come back to it um into verse, what is it, verse 25, I believe. Yeah, verse 25 of Matthew 6. And I'm going to be dealing with this more next week because we'll be out of time before long. It says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, there's some context to that we're going to lay out over this. Uh, mainly we'll get into it next week. But he's saying, hey, I don't want you to have to worry about what you're eating and drinking and what you've got to put on. He says, but instead, he, if you jump down to verse 33, that's when he says, but seek ye first the kingdom and all these things will be given to you. Most of us in the body of Christ has this wrong because we seek a lot of stuff. That's what I was alluding to earlier in the introduction. We seek a lot of stuff, but the word says seek one thing and one thing gets everything. The kingdom. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Seek one thing. Prayer requests are great, right? We, we need to take people. I want people to know they're heard. I want people to know they, that we love them, that all those things, it's important. But we bring it all back to one thing. I don't pray this way usually corporately, but privately, as I'm praying, like this morning, I'm praying the kingdom for people. I'm not praying, God, give them this financial break. I say, God, I thank you that you're releasing the revelation of the kingdom and that, Lord, by doing that, you're going to meet this need in the name of Jesus. Because that's what's going to bless them more, help them more. God, I thank you that you're not going to just heal this disease. But, Father, you're going to release to them the revelation of your kingdom. And by receiving that, healing comes in the name of Jesus. Right? Because his number one priority is that you and I would seek the kingdom. Hallelujah. Seek ye first. Seek ye first. So I want to break this down. We're going to take our time tonight. This is probably all we're going to get to cover is we're going to focus on seek. The word seek because there are multiple definitions of what this word means and what the word that that i believe it's going to help you and i to understand what he means when he says seek we we think it means to, to look for something that's hidden now we know that he says that he's going to reveal the secrets of the kingdom but what does it actually mean to seek how do you seek we used to play hide and go seek when we were little right but but i'm going to show you through his word and the original definition of this word that it will help you in your life to know how to seek the kingdom so there's some things that 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 that, that other, there's other things that you and i could seek 
All right, there's other things that are, that are often competing for our attention and energy in life, if you hadn't noticed. Right? There's so many things that are competing for our attention. I, I love politics, all right, if you hadn't noticed. So this time of every four years, I'm just like a politic junkie, all right? Some of you might remember four years ago. I eat up, like, cable news, all this stuff, you know what I mean? I'm flipping from channel to channel. There's, what, returns coming in tonight? Tonight's an election, right, somewhere? New Hampshire. And so I'll, I'll watch it tonight, but I have to be careful. I have to be careful because I'm telling you what it did to me in 2020, I cannot let it do to me again. Of what I just said, it was competing. It, it was causing me to, it, it's fine that you're in, I'm, I'm involved. I'm involved in our local government, all of those things. I'm involved in political parties, things like that, because I believe it's our duty to cause an, uh, an effect change in our community. All right, so I have to stand up to people and say what needs to be said sometimes. But if I'm not careful, it'll compete for my attention and my energy. I'll, I'll stay up till 2 in the morning watching returns coming to find out who's winning the president election. And then I got to be up at, you know, 5.30 for prayer. You know, 7 o'clock, I start getting ready to head into the office. And before you know it, I'm walking into the office like this. And then Lois hits me with some major problem. And I'm like, huh? It's competing for my energy. It's competing for my uh, attention. Nothing wrong with enjoying other things. I like to go to a ball game too. I like football. I like certain things in this life. However, anything in your life, watch this, that's competing for your attention and your energy. This is a word for somebody. I felt it in my spirit. If it's competing for your attention and your energy, God's telling you, you need to address it. Because this is where we go wrong. He says, seek ye first. In other words, you and I cannot receive the things of the kingdom if something else has your attention and your energy. Can we just be real for a moment? I love our church. I love the fact that we have e-church members that watch online. I do. But I'm just going to be real with those e-church members that are listening and never darken the door. They're never going to receive the kingdom of God sitting at home. And not being able to hear the fullness of this, right? Not being able to rub elbows with you, right? None of those things. Because uh, the, the, there are too many other things. I'm, I'm guilty of it. I know what it is. I'll put on other preachers' messages. Sometimes I got other preachers that are we ordain. They'll send me their message from Sunday and I'll listen. But I'll get distracted washing dishes or whatever that's competing for my attention and my energy. And I'm not receiving the fullness of it. But I wanted to be able to say, I listened to your message. Right? Same thing's true. I can turn on Cornerstone sometimes. Uh, it's, I think that's the only Christian station I ever watch because uh, most Christian TV, sadly, is junky. Um, uh, there's some other good ones, but it's just bad. And uh, I'll be doing other things that I won't receive the fullness of. It. The, the point is, is we're allowed to enjoy the things in this life that God has given us. That's why he said in all these things. But he says, I want you to seek first the kingdom. Meaning I can go, have a, go out to dinner. I can go on a hot date, whatever it may be. God's saying, it's okay. You, I want you to enjoy the life. But you've got to make sure that key, seeking the kingdom is first. All right? This is where if we could be honest with ourselves. And uh, I'm not putting nobody on blast. I'm, I'm just helping you to understand right here is where we go wrong immediately. There's even people in our own church that we love, we worship with. They're seeking other stuff. They're distracted by other stuff even while they're in church. 
I mean, there's been times I've called people out, get off of that thing, right? They'd play a game or do something crazy, and they're adults sitting in the chair. It'd be different if they were a child. Maybe I could understand. But adults doing so, and I'll be, if you don't turn that thing off, I'm going to come take it. But, you know, it didn't make them receive anymore whether I took it out of their hand or not because they had already determined whether they're rocky, shallow, or good soil by what they're seeking first. You see what I'm saying? I used to sort of pastor with that iron thumb sort of thing because that's what I grew up in. But I just realized I'm, I'm working overtime. I'm trying to get someone to receive something they just don't want to receive. I'm trying to curtail their behavior on a Sunday morning in an hour-long message. And they've got the rest of the hours of the week that they're filling their life with everything they want. This one hour ain't going to do it. They have to want to seek the kingdom themselves. So that's why my prayer life is so different. I, I don't pray, Lord, just make Lois not be so goofy and, and Lord, or, or fix how much she annoys me or whatever. No, I, I pray. I'm telling you, my, the way I pray in, in my private time is not how I pray publicly to you because most people are like, why has he got to pray that? I don't like that. Because I pray privately, Lord, I thank you that you're revealing the kingdom. God, I thank you right now that when, when Cynthia called off Monday, uh, Lord, I thank you that she's a citizen of the kingdom. And now in the name of Jesus, because she's a citizen of the kingdom, you're going to raise her up out of her bed. She will not be sick. She receives the full inheritance of what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom, right? Immediately. That's how I pray. Right about those things. God, I thank you that, that the dead people in this church that wouldn't know the Holy Ghost, if it smacked them on the forehead, you're revealing the kingdom of God to them. And they're going to start seeking you. And they're going to start seeking your face. They're going to start seeking the kingdom. I pray that. I, I, I pray against every distraction. You know what I started praying a few weeks ago when I started realizing, you know, people get antsy when football season's on. Oh, God, kickoff's about to happen. I started praying, God, I thank you everything that, take, that is, is taking their energy and their attention. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And then a couple of weeks later, you know what? Instead of them airing football games, they put them on streaming services. Meaning people couldn't watch them on TV. You had to watch it if you had a streaming app. And I was just like, you go, God. You go. Because now they got to pay money if they want to see this. So they have to put real dedicated, right? I saw it as an answer to prayer. Right? My mom was fit to be tied. She's like, you believe I can't even watch this game? I said, well... I was chuckling to myself. God answered my prayer. Now, you may think that's an exaggeration, and it is to some degree. But in the ways I pray, I just see God answer sometimes. God, whatever's taking their energy or their attention. Don't just pray your spouse change. Pray the kingdom. Pray, God, I thank you that the things that are taking his or her energy and attention... God, I thank you that they're just going to lose interest, but they're going to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? You are now praying the kingdom. You're, 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 they're they're going to start desiring more of the kingdom and not even know it. Because he said, I want you to seek first. I can't make you seek it, but what I can do is, Lord, anything that's taking their energy or their attention. Right? Anything that's taking their energy or attention. There's been times where, Brother James, I've been just tired or weary, and I'll think, I think, oh, but the, the enemy's after me or whatever. No. You know what it was been? My energy or attention was fixated on other things that were depleting me of my strength. Sometimes I allowed people to just deplete 
and take the life out of you. They'll want counseling, but they really don't want to change. They just need an hour-long cry session every week. If they're not interested in real change, I told them, I said, you don't want to change. I can't see you no more. What do you mean I don't want to change? I said, because everything I've given you for the last eight weeks, you're wasting an hour of my time every week, and you come in here every week saying, tell me the same thing. Same thing. It's like deja vu. I said, I'm telling you, when you're ready to get right, you call the office, we'll get you back in. But until you're ready, I can't help you. She has to be willing to remove anything that's taking her attention and her energy. And she wasn't ready. She thought she was. She wasn't ready. Put your attention. Amy, were you going to ask something? I think I thought I saw your hand or say something. <laughs> You know, I, I believe there is a time where, you know, well, even the scripture says if someone has done something against you, you, you know, you go to the brother, right? And you confront them. If, if they still don't receive it, then you bring them before the church. I think there are times where we, it's not practiced a lot, but I literally saw something today where a church sent back a woman's tithe check and re, re, rebuked her church membership because of the manner in which she went through her divorce. She left her husband to go with another man. The church said, this is not behavior we're going to tolerate. Here's your tithe check. She posted it. She said, can you believe that this is what the church did to me? Yeah, I can. That's scripture. We don't like that. It would make a lot of us mad. But basically, the church said, we don't want your seed. We don't want any of this because what you did was not scriptural. And you didn't receive... And you didn't come with a heart of repentance to get right with God. I think there is a time where we have to do that. I've always said sheep bite. Right? As a, as a shepherd, as I tell leaders all the time, don't ever think sheep bite. Sheep will hurt you. They'll bite you. However, it, it gets to a time where I believe that, yes, we have to confront people. Um, uh, and I confront fairly often when I need to. Um, but I, I confront and I give uh, opportunity for grace. You know, I give people grace. If they're just standing in direct rebellion, they're choosing to stay in direct rebellion against God, his standards, and his word, there comes a point where it's, okay, you know, if, if you're not going to abide by what we expect, by, you know, uh, we, we sort of lay out like in our vision statement, that code of conduct, things that we believe. 
our belief statement on the website. These are the things we believe in. If you're not going to operate within this, and you're and what you're doing is bringing damage to the body of Christ, if you're not going to repent, then you have to go. Right? That sounds really harsh, but we've dealt with it where we had someone you know was having an affair with somebody else, and I had to deal with it. I had to confront it. And I said, "Look, I know what's going on. You don't didn't know I know, but I saw you." And this is what needs to happen. I said, you're either going to tell your husband or I am. And I said, well, you're going to address this. You're going to end this right now. And this was some years ago. And they received what I'm saying. They broke down in tears and said, I'm really, really sorry. You know, what do I need to do? I said, well, you, you need to tell your husband what you've done. And I said, but if you don't deal with this and you don't address it, I said, I can't let you continue. And they were in leadership. I said, I can't let you. I said, one, you need to just sit down from leadership right now. I said, you are no longer carrying the title. I said, you need to get restored. We've got to figure out what happened in your marriage that made you do this and made you think it was okay to still try to serve God in your rebellion. And they received it, and they did. I think those are times, those are opportunities where we can demonstrate to people the grace of God, the love of God, but letting them understand that there is always consequences for a decision. I sat her down out of leadership to let her to understand there are consequences for decisions. A lot of times the church wants to say, oh, the overwhelming, abundant grace of God, it's just going to embrace everything. No, that's, that's false. There is an overwhelming, abundant love and grace of God. However, doesn't mean there's not consequences, right? If, if, if Angela, she goes home and Angela's made a mess, there's a consequence, right? Pick up your mess, Angela. We sort of have created a culture and preached in the church that you can do whatever you want to do, live however you want, and God's still going to bless you. That's a lie. That's not scriptural. And so if we don't address it, to try to summarize, if we don't address it, I believe then the church is guilty of preaching a false doctrine. Right? Because I'm not demonstrating them the full gospel, the fullness of the word of God, that there are consequences, that we have to still call sin, sin. We have to do so. I believe that we do need to confront when we need to. I'm just careful that I confront in, in the love of God. And I let them know that I'm confronting them and I address it. So if, whether it's someone in church, someone in your family, another believer elsewhere, I'm just always careful to confront them with the love of God. And I always first just say, you know, I just want you to know that I love you. I want you to know that I love you and I care about you and you're important to me. However, I have to tell you that this behavior or the manner of what you talk. I had someone that, you know, they just got a filthy mouth and they're calling themselves a Christian. I just said, you know, there just comes a point where I can't tolerate this around me. If you're going to talk like that, I don't want you to be around me because it, it, it just infects my spirit. All right. I said, but I love you. I like having you in my life, but I can't have that as a part of my life. Thank you for joining us today. Remember, you can find all of our podcasts at freshfirechurch.net or on any platform such as Pandora, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, and many more. Look us up, freshfirechurch.net. Thank you so much.